Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever it is that you're listening from. This is Chris Sheridan from BasketballNews.com, and I'm pleased to be joined by the foremost expert on international basketball in the entire United States of America. He's former St. John's coach, Fran Fraschilla. He's a former colleague of mine at ESPN. He's working the Olympics right now for NBC Universal and uh, Peacock and the USA Network. Fran, welcome to the show, and it's great to have you on and to, to see you and hear you again. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure. So uh, we're right in the middle of some fun basketball coming up. Yeah, we're all on Japan time, um, and it's causing some sleep deprivation, but it is what it is. And yes, let's kind of get right to it, Fran. Um, tomorrow, uh, we're going to have the United States playing a very, very good Australian national team. Um, the same roster that beat them in, in Las Vegas, except the American team doesn't have the same roster because the guys who were playing in the NBA finals have, have now flown over to Japan and, and are playing pretty well. At least two of them are. Um, Devin Booker is, uh, is contributing. Drew Holiday uh, is going to get the assignment on Patty Mills tonight uh, or tomorrow, I should say. Um, what are your impressions, first of all, Fran, of the, how the U.S. Uh, team has evolved over the last five weeks? Well, I think it's as well. It, it's gone as well as you could expect, Chris. Uh, we're coming off two incredible NBA seasons because of the pandemic. Um, take Nikola Jokic, the youngster from the Nuggets. He would give his left arm to play for Serbia. He played 109 regular season games in 10 months for uh, the Denver Nuggets. And somebody shut him down, whether it was him and his agent or uh, the Nuggets or even Serbia. Um he, he, the fact that he didn't play tells you all you need to know about the difficulty of this Olympics and putting together a roster. And uh, I actually uh, have cut USA slack prior to this week uh, when they looked like they were struggling because um, we were shorthanded. We had very little practice time. And what we've seen over the last couple games, particularly in the win over Spain, is that uh, I call it organized, unselfish freelance. Uh, I don't see the Spurs offense, honestly. No dis- disrespect to Pop. It's unor- it's organized, unselfish freelance. The ball's moving. They have shot makers. They're playing hard. They've got good depth. And I think right now, as I said before the start of the quarterfinals, they're the favorites to win the gold. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but they are going to run into a, a very tough uh, Australian national team yeah. with six NBA players uh, and maybe a seventh if Jock Landale comes over. He plays right now for Melbourne. He's a, uh, he's a 6'11 center. 25 years old. And let's look at this Australian team. Uh, and we'll start with Patty Mills because he's yeah. the star of the team and he just joined the Brooklyn Nets. Um, how much of a, uh, of a problem do you anticipate either Patty Mills and or Dante Exum being for Team USA uh, in the semifinal game? Patty Mills definitely is a problem. He showed that in uh, in Vegas. They had nobody that could guard him. Uh, and, and what a great pickup for the Nets. Uh, quite honestly, I've been watching him since Vegas. We were out there. And, uh, uh, you know, just in terms of the Nets picking up a guy that has playoff experience, that has big game experience, and at $6 million a year, it's phenomenal. Uh, now, the difference between the first time he lit up the U.S. in Vegas and now, uh, Chris, is, you mentioned Drew Holiday. Uh, he's a big factor in this game because he can slow Patty down. Patty's the one guy on that Australian team that is so cohesive and so together that he can break away from your offense and still get your buckets. And so um, as much as I admire the way he's playing now, pop has potentially an answer to slow him down, which would help dramatically. Yeah. And Drew had his problems uh, with Ricky Rubio, which was quite interesting in that, in yeah. that quarterfinal game with Ricky going for 38 
Ricky just got traded to Cleveland. Um, why did we? Why are we? Did we see a different Ricky Rubio, a guy who was shooting and get and go, you know, shooting the lights out and going to the hole, and was much more aggressive offensively than what we've grown accustomed to, especially over the last couple of years in Minnesota. Yeah, I saw a transition to uh, in Ricky's game when he was with um, the, the 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 at the end of the Jazz era. There, he was playing well. Uh, Igor Kokoshkov, who was who later became the coach of the Phoenix Suns and, and now is coming back from Europe to be assistant coach with the Mavericks. Uh, ironically enough, he coached uh, he coached Doncic on, on a Slovenian national team when they won the title in 17. Uh, Igor did a great job offensively with Ricky. And I talked to Eddie Johnson, good friend of mine, who we do a lot of radio with on Sirius, Chris. And uh, they absolutely loved Ricky in Phoenix that last year. They felt he had a lot to do with Devin Booker's development. Ricky did an amazing job last year with Anthony Edwards. And I'm, I'm kind of sad he's getting traded to a team that doesn't have a chance to make the playoffs. But uh, I've seen a, a, a metamorphosis of Ricky's game, um, you know, coming up. So uh, in terms of offensively. So I wasn't shocked. I also talked to Coach Scariola earlier in the week, and he did tell me, and you probably, when you watch the game, noticed this. The Sergio Rodriguez's and Rudy Fernandez's, Chris, they're not the same players. Uh, and they don't have Navarro and Calderon. So Ricky's the only aggressive offensive player on the perimeter that can get to the basket. And uh, combined with his improved skill level is, you know, we just saw like a really a beautiful game from him. And I was really tickled for him. Yeah, but when that game got away from them, it got away from them quickly. And the same yeah. thing happened in the Argentina-Australia game. Relatively yes. tight game after three quarters. And then, bam, Australia just clobbered him uh, in the fourth quarter. And, and won that thing going away. So, uh, Fran, I, I want to ask you, there's a, a bunch of NBA players on that team. We talked about Patty Mills already. Everybody knows Joe Ingles from the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Josh Green uh, from Dallas is on that team. Matthew Delavidova, he used to be in the NBA. Matisse Seibel is, in the, is on that team. Uh, Aaron Baines is on that team, but he hasn't been playing. Uh, who's the biggest threat to hurt the United States tonight outside of the obvious? And the obvious would be Mills and Ingles. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's a good question. I, I don't, I, I've been taking a little bit of heat saying that the toughest game, like I think that I think USA is going to win tonight, and I'll tell you why in a second. But uh, I also think this is their toughest game. I think they're going to, uh, despite Wonder Boy, uh, who's been unbelievable for Slovenia, Doncic, and the fact that they lost to France, I think this will be the toughest game. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think maybe I, I don't know that they have somebody that can beat us individually other than Patty and then Joe's craftiness. But what I think this came to, this game comes down to Chris is the United States is immense talent with some continuity versus it, uh, Australia's incredible continuity and some talent. Um, there's no question. Uh, if you line everybody up, the USA has probably, I don't know, 10 of the top 12 players in this game, but the beautiful way Australia plays, the way they can pick apart a defense, uh, you know, is, is Pop going to switch at all five spots? Um, and how's, how's that going to work? I, I think that's what we have. Talent with some continuity versus continuity with some talent. I, I, give, I give USA the edge, but if USA is not making shots because of that talent, this is going to be a very, very difficult game. Yeah, and the, the Team USA had a lot of trouble hitting shots, wide open ones in the first half against Spain. Right. They got better real quick in the in the third and fourth quarter, and Jason Tatum closed that game real well. Kevin Durant was was the rock that he's always been. A lot. Some of the reporters over in Japan, though, Fran, 
um, we're, we're quite surprised that Damian Lillard was not on the floor in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Damian Lillard, that's Dame time as, a, as it's yeah. called. Yeah. Um, but Dame is not the, the greatest defender and they needed somebody who could, uh, who could uh, stop Ricky Rubio or at least try to. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on whether Damian should or should not have been on the floor at that time? No, I think it's, I think it was the right thing. You know, they had, I, I you know, it, your point, your point's well taken. You know, the first half they struggled to make shots they normally make, you know, and that that's Dame time too, you know, uh, Chris, uh, uh, but no, I think you know, they, they had great momentum in the four. They were really on a roll. I, once they got towards the end of the, I know, you know, they got up, they got up uh, double digits in the middle of the third Spain made the run, but once they started cooking early fourth quarter, that's the kind of Olympic team you've been watching this since the beginning. Um, I'm sure we go back and watch tape. There were times in, in 08 or 12 that in certain games, you know, Kobe might not have been on the fourth quarter or LeBron wasn't or KD, you know, later on. Uh, I don't read any, anything into that. I just think when you have that many good players and you got five that are cooking, you just stay with them. And that's what Pop did. And, I, and hopefully Dame understands that because this is the best team he's ever played on. You know, th this is literally the best team I think he's ever played on. So um, we know that's going to happen from night to night. And how hard do you think it is for Pop to kind of manage the egos? <laughs> take a guy like Dame or take a guy like Chris Middleton. Chris went to the NBA Finals and was terrific. Yeah. But Chris is not playing very much in the Olympics. And um, Chris Middleton and, and Damian Lillard haven't been on teams where they don't see the floor um, maybe since grade school. So yeah, how big of a challenge is it for Pop to get these guys to buy into, look, there's 12 great players here, but we can only play five at a time. And you, you gotta, you're just going to have to live with sitting on the bench, even though you've never done it before. You know, I, I think it's, I have to think, and, and again, I'm not, I'm in, I'm in Stanford, but I was with the team in Vegas. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's hard at all. Honestly, I'll go back to what I said earlier. All these guys know what they signed up for. They, they signed up for being a part of an Olympic team in a, in an incredibly crazy year. They knew they'd have no fans. They knew this would be a different experience. And, uh, I think they all knew that, uh, you know, they had to check their ego at the door. You know, as good as Chris Middleton has been in the last part of his NBA career, the guy got traded. You know, he was he went to the G League or D League at the time. So, uh, you know, I, knowing what I know about the character of these guys, and I think it's pretty high, I, I'd be surprised if Pop is having a problem. I even laugh when I heard earlier, you, know, you heard this too, well, they don't like Spur Pop Spurs offense. That has to be baloney because – they don't have the Spurs offense. They haven't been running it all tournament, all in Vegas. Um, what they're doing right now is trying to figure out a way to play together, uh, check the egos at the door. Who's Whoever's got the open shot, take it. Let's play hard together on defense and hope we can get this done. And kind of, quite honestly, that's what I've seen from them. He's Fran Fraschilla from, from ESPN. He's uh, filling in for NBC and the USA Network and, uh, and Peacock. During the Olympics, I'm Chris Sheridan. You can follow me on Twitter at SheridanHoops.com. I want to put in a plug for the site. Uh, I'm with BasketballNews.com. Now check us out, especially if you're a podcast fan. Rex Chapman does a great show here. James Posey does a great show here. So does Alex Kennedy. So does my producer, Brian Fritz. Um, you can see us, find us all at BasketballNews.com. And uh, back to you, Fran. I, there's another semifinal as well, and it's yep. going to be France against Slovenia. France has more NBA players, but Slovenia has got the best NBA player uh, in that game. And that, that would be Luka Doncic. Um, how do you see that game going? And then I want to ask you about a couple of Slovenian players that uh, viewers may not be familiar with. 
Well, you know, after after the win over USA, you would you would if you're not paying attention to this tournament, you'd say, well, France should be able to get by Slovenia for the reasons you mentioned. They've got more NBA players, but uh, I don't know if Kevin Durant is still the best player in the world. There's a good chance he is. Doesn't really matter. I think Luka Doncic is not far behind uh, Chris. What he's what he's what he's done in his career so far in the NBA is generational. It's LeBron. It's Larry Bird. It's you know uh, maybe Michael Jordan early on, and so. Uh, this is a classic case of a guy who is surrounded by some very, very good European players. Make no mistake about that. Like Nando Decolo for France. Uh, and he has given them the confidence that they can go into a back alley with Mike Tyson on their side in his heyday. And they're going to whip somebody's ass. And that's how they're playing right now. And um, this, this guy is unbelievable. And uh, his teammates are playing great. They're very capable of winning this game based on what I've seen, uh, despite the fact that the NBA guys you mentioned, uh, you know, like Nick Batum's a good player, but he's not the Mick, Nick Batum of five years ago. Uh, uh, you know, Rudy's a good player, but he doesn't give you the offense that you that could kill you in a game like this. So uh, there's going to be a very evenly matched game simply because Luca makes everybody around him better. But I do think France has, a, has an edge here and I think should win the game and, and get to the gold medal. We'll see what happens. That one is at 8 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Uh, looking at the Slovenian roster, Fran Fraschilla. Yes. Uh, there's not a, guy, a lot of guys you've, you've, that a lot of people have heard of because they play in France, they play in Spain, they play in Serbia. But there's one guy on that team named Mike Toby who, who plays for Valencia Basket, um, yeah. who's, a, who's a naturalized Slovenian, but he's from America. Can you tell us? He's a seven-foot center. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about Mike Toby? You know, Mike's from Middletown, New York, just north of New York City by well, 50 miles or so. Played at Virginia for Tony Bennett, part of the renaissance there. And and uh, you're right, Mike. Uh, you know, it's funny, Mike. I think Mike played two games for the Charlotte Hornets, I believe. Uh, six for 19 from three in his four years at Virginia in 138 games. It's the only, only took 19 threes. He's taken 19 threes in this Olympic tournament. Um, what's happened is with a lot of American big men is they go overseas they're told that we need you to learn how to shoot the ball and stretch the floor because that's how we play over here. And he was a teammate of Clement Prepolich. Um, now, I know all these Slovenian kids from my days at the uh, NBA's, uh, you know, Euro camp uh, where I coach. So I'm, I'm familiar with these guys. And Clement is a tremendous shooter and they were teammates. So in FIBA basketball, you and I have seen this in the past. FIBA allows you to naturalize one one player as a citizen and because of that relationship with Prepovich, they, they had Anthony Randolph, uh, who was a sort of NBA washout back in 2017 when Dragic and Doncic and Randolph won the uh, Eurobasket championship, which was incredible because the whole country has two million people. This year, it's Toby. He's playing great. He's picking popping with Doncic. And uh, again, Chris, the remarkable thing about Slovenia, Luka Doncic has never lost with the national team. He's now 17 and 0. And that includes beating some team. That that includes beating Spain twice with all those pros, and uh, so yeah, it's remarkable that uh, Toby's been a nice addition to this team. Luka Doncic scored forty eight points, forty eight <laughs> in a one eighteen one hundred victory over Argentina earlier in the Olympics. Yeah, but Prepolich had twenty two. Um, how come a guy like that, a guy who can score twenty two in an Olympic game, yeah. can't, get a, can't get a shot in the NBA? Well, in many cases, they do. Like, you'd be surprised at how many guys on Slovenia have been in NBA summer leagues. Nurich, um, I think, uh, number six, the 6'6 six, six kid. I remember we had him at camp. Um, what happens What happens is 
if a team's not going to um, give a guy a guaranteed deal uh, here in the United States and promise him he'll be on a roster and make the team, they're, they're, they don't want to take the chance when they already got a pretty good lifestyle in Europe. And, and also what happens is, like with a kid like Prepolich, and we see that. We saw it with Prigioni coming over late. We're seeing it with the Knicks and Vildoza now, who's 26, and others like Compazzo. Is the NBA then, once these guys get better each year uh, and they hit their mid to late 20s, they do get a chance more seriously to come over. But by that time, they have a great lifestyle and they don't want to take that chance to, you know, to come to the NBA, not play or not make the team. And so that that happens quite frequently, Chris. They decide they're going to stay in Europe because they have a great life. And that's that's the case with a lot of these guys that play Olympic basketball. Hey, uh, France has Nando DiColo, who always gives it to the U.S., and did in that first game, and yet he was he was a he was a scrub with the Spurs and the Raptors. So in the last decade or so, he's been one of the best guards in Europe, and now could play in the NBA, but chooses not to. Yeah, there's there are just guys who prefer the European lifestyle. I think Rudy Fernandez is a, is a good case in point. He, he um, gave it a yeah. try over here, but he, he was just more comfortable playing in in Europe. There's a bunch of guys on the Greek national team um, who are the same way. Basilis yeah. Spanoulis, who People will remember beating beating Team USA with pick and rolls in uh, at the Saitama right. Games at the World Championship. He just didn't want to leave Greece. So yeah, <laughs> uh, different strokes for different folks. I think that hey, the great the great line there when he told Jeff Van Gundy complained about his playing time. He said, "I'm I'm Tracy McGrady in Greece," and Jeff Van Gundy said, "Yeah, but you're in America." Yeah. So, <laughs> Jeff called him Jeff called him Willie and that didn't really go over to <laughs> I got you <laughs> uh, with that uh, Fran I, I know you said you think it's going to be a U.S. France gold medal game um, yeah. and who's going to win that one I think USA will win by 15 I do no offense I mean I love international hoop I have great respect for uh, France but uh, now that now that USA is rested and whole and uh Again, we, you and I both know that it's not like they're having two and a half hour practices every day. They're not doing that. But now that they've got their continuity, their legs under them from the travel, like all the teams um, and the way they're playing, the combination of aggressive pressure, half court defense uh, with some smart switching, not crazy switching where Dame Lillard's guarding Gobert. They figured out some stuff defensively and they're playing what I call organized freelance unselfish offense. As long as they don't go three for nineteen in the gold medal or or in the game against Australia, um, they should they should win this tournament. And uh, doesn't take anything away from what these international teams are doing. And I'm not going to be disappointed if USA loses because I know what can happen in one game. But um, you know they seem to right their ship, and uh, you know the chemistry looks really good out there. He's Fran Fraschilla from ESPN. He's working at NBC during these Olympics. Uh, tough Olympics to cover, tough Olympics to watch because there's nobody there. But hopefully by the time Paris rolls around in three years, we're all uh, boots on the ground and uh, not yep. wearing masks. And the world has returned to normal. And with, with that, Fran, I want to thank you for joining me on on the Sheridan Show here at BasketballNews.com. Um, everybody <clears throat> pay big attention to what Fran says on the air, whether it's on ESPN or NBC. Nobody in the United States of America knows international basketball better. So with that, friend, thank you for coming on. My pleasure, Chris. I want to thank my producer, Brian Fritz. And with that, until next time, folks, we're going to go over and out.